everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Street podcast episode 62. I apologise for last week because I got my episode numbers wrong. I really need to start checking before every episode but I'm pretty pretty sure this episode is number 62. The sequel to Deadline Day Madness which I'm sure you all enjoyed pleasantly last week even though it was a bit of a mess. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today making a somewhat of a rare appearance um, these days is Mr Chris Manning. Chris... How you doing, brother? It's been a while. All right. It has. You all right, Hunky Tonk? I'm doing just fine, thank you. Uh, it, it has been a while. What can I say? With family commitments, life, just general this and that getting in the way. But I'm always pleased to be back on in your presence, Dan. Always pleased. So never a chore. Well, I'll tell you someone else who loves being in my presence. It's only Tom. He's back again. Standard. No <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like bad wallpaper. Nah, you do. <laughs> Me, you, and old Johnny, we're the three guardians of this podcast that prop it up when, and everyone else are just, you know, we're the foundations that everyone else can flourish on top of, aren't we, Tom? Okay, Dan, you don't need to, we've been talking for now, what, 40 seconds, you already insulted me, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, in your absence, Christopher, some of us had to step up to the plate, didn't we? You did, yeah, you did a fine job as well, a fine I'm job. Sure we have. I'm sure we have. It's weird this week, because <clears> usually, during international breaks, we've got fuck all to talk about, but... This international break, Bolton are actually playing due to their league position. And we played South Bend at the weekend. All three of us were in attendance. And despite only getting a draw against Phil Brown's defensive outfit, I think it's the best I've seen us play in actual years, Chris. Agree. It was it was one of those games, wasn't it? Whereas you, you come away from the game, you haven't won. But really, I wasn't you know, I was slightly disappointed given the dominance that we had. But I wasn't upset or annoyed or anything like that you know I just thought it was it was a good game that we clearly dominated we, we couldn't didn't quite have enough to get ourselves over the line but there's very few negatives to take from it which is unusual from a, a Wanderers game in the last 10 years and um, not really much to, to nitpick I didn't think you know you could maybe moan about Buxton perhaps being a little bit defensive you could maybe moan about Moxie perhaps not getting tight enough to his defender in the first instance but by and large everyone had a, a 7 out of 10 game even even those that, in a lot of cases, I'd say. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. I mean, even those that, that didn't perhaps set the world on fire, as they have recently, like Wheater, still didn't do anything really wrong. You know, one Once, slightly under it, back yeah. pass aside, you know, it it's, didn't lead to a goal. So I think I've argued on the podcast before, as long as it doesn't lead to a goal, what, what difference does it really make, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it even more, the fact that I didn't, I, I didn't get wet. I was yeah. sat in a perfectly dry seat under a, a perfectly dry stand with the wind blowing the other way. It was perfect. I had to, uh, my ticket was on a wet seat and I'm like, fuck that, and just went straight to the back and had to keep moving um, every time because yeah. people can I'll tell you something actually, speaking of, I was in the north stand for the first time actually, so I had a good view of like both the big stands and the upper tiers and we shouldn't have even entertained the idea of closing the upper tiers because I don't think all, everyone up on the upper tiers could fit on the lower tiers anyway. No, not. I think the numbers are, the numbers are slightly over, um, slightly skewed, aren't they, from compared to what might have been? I guess they would have done some sort of deal, giving them first refusal. But you would have had a lot of people in a lot of weird seats that they perhaps wouldn't have enjoyed so much. But you know, sit, sitting in your wherever you want, Dan, you play by your own rules, don't you? Mm, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I only got a free ticket like the night before. That's the only reason I really went because you know, sixteen pounds watch Bolton at home. 20, was it 16? It might have been dearer. A little bit tight for me at this current moment in time with away days on the horizon. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a, it was a really good game. I, I've, I've honestly not seen Bolton as completely dominant 
probably since we beat Newcastle five one maybe something like that. Maybe when we beat yes. well, I wasn't there when we beat Leeds. Uh, maybe when I wasn't there when we beat Hull either. So yeah, probably when we beat Newcastle five one was the last time I saw. It just be so, or maybe when we beat Stoke five one something like that. We were so dominant. We was pinning them back so that they didn't have a shot for start, uh, in the second half. Sorry, and the way Spearing just refused to let them leave the, um, their own half was quite majestic and why I gave it man that match and it was so weird to come out of a draw again that we really should have won on any other day probably would have done by about four goals just feeling really content and it was yeah it's such a strange feeling to be so positive about Bolton when Agreed. we not even won um, Tom how do you think of the or what did you think of the game uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you've both said in terms of the dominance I mean we had 23 efforts on goal to their three in the 90 minutes um, I think if you place it into the context of the run that we're on, then yeah, you walk away and think, do you know what, we couldn't have done much more. It, last season, if we'd have dominated a game like that and only drew, then we'd have gone away feeling very differently. So the, my feeling at the end of it, where I was walking away thinking we are a class apart from Southend. Mm-hmm. There was no contest in terms of quality. On another day, I mean, one of the scrappy chances went in. There was another one for Trotter. We had a a few chances that maybe we could count ourselves oh, unlucky with. was the most egregious when, it, when he nodded it over that yeah, quite awful you know, and nobody was there to turn it yeah, in. A few that were you know, in and around the line or um, you know, scrappy chances. So we can we could maybe kick up a fuss and say that luck didn't go our way, but I think with the run we're on, we walk away feeling quite positive and thinking, Do you know what, we're still unbeaten, we're still top of the league and, and if we play like that every week... Uh, we won't be in League One for very long. Um, I mean, if you were if you were trying to be negative about it, you'd, you'd have said that to have that many attempts on goal and score one goal um, isn't great. Mm-hmm. Especially but I like of that nature as well. Yeah, it was it was quite gratuitous, but I like uh, Anderson, and I'm sure we'll have a little chat about oh, him no later on. Um, if we play like, like I said, if we play like that, particularly at home every week, then we're not going to be in this division very long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's the new signs, which we'll talk to talk about soon, especially Henry and Anderson. Really, just had it's clear, especially in Henry's case, that he's just a cut above most of the players on the pitch, and he's just they've both added. Just we look so much better already with him in the team after what one training session. This, when they've had a full week, like they have now, of training under the belts, all gelling together. We are going to be something really, really good in this division, I think. But it, like you say, I do agree. It is a little bit worrying that we could only get one goal, which was through a defensive error. A little bit worrying. Again, they only scored through a defensive error, so I'm not worried at the back because I do think, <laughs> apart from Moxie, who I don't think is very good, I think elsewhere we are really, really solid at the back. Beavers is an absolute god. He is. We're pretty, we're pretty um, low on numbers up front, though. Don't forget as well because Clough's injured. There's no Clayton. There's no Woolery. Um, Proctor's just feeling Medea his way back from an injury as well. Medea went off in Anderson, it's only his first game. So, I mean, the, the fact that we were dominant, the fact we had a lot of shots is, is one thing, but, you know, we didn't necessarily have our first choice forward line out there. And as impressive as Anderson was, it's his first game since breaking his leg last year by, uh, as, as, you know, other than reserve team football, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I, I don't think it's necessarily anything I'm going to be that bothered about. And it's a long old season. 46 games, so that the fact that we've perhaps not won one game that we maybe deserved, I'm sure it'll even itself out going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is, I, yeah, I agree. I think whilst I'm so happy on the performance, every other aspect, I feel the lack of. Um, I can never get this. What's the, the 
clinicality. That's not a word, though, is it? Like, what's the word? How do you say clinical in that context? Like, cl- I don't uh, know. You know what I mean? I, I don't. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Right? <laughs> the lack of we weren't clinical enough and against. That'll do. That'll on, do. On Saturday, and that is maybe a bit of a cause cons- cause for concern at the moment. But hopefully, that will get uh, you know. That will get sharpened up as you know the lads train together. They get more accustomed to the style of playing stuff. But the style of play is something I want to talk to you about, Chris. Actually, because we played some lovely flowing stuff at times, and going to every Bradford fan on the face of the earth, that's not what we're going to get in the slightest. So, did it catch you by surprise a little bit? Um, we did play more football than we than we have been, but I think Southend let us play football. Um, apart from Henry. It was all in front of them again, and there was a little bit of a shade of Blackpool about it, where we were going from spearing to fullback, and and we weren't really playing through them. In particular, in the first half, Anderson was making some brilliant runs in between the centre halves, and nobody was seeing it. And I think that's because we've not really had that that sort of striker mm-hmm. at the, the team. Yeah, but I think in the second half they started to play more to his strengths, and he came into the game. Um, James Henry, in particular, was the one who was trying to to play in between the lines and, and run at people. Um, he looked good. He didn't look 100%. I don't know if he's played any, any football this season. I don't season think he yet. has, no. Um, it, didn't, it didn't look like it. He looked, he looked a bit leggy in the second half, but um, you could just tell his, his quality was there, um, which, was, which was good. So, it, oh, overall, in terms of the football he played, it's probably one of the better performances in terms of style. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I don't know what you thought, but I thought Liam Trotter very quietly had quite a decent game. Probably his best yet. Interesting. Now, I thought he did all right. He's a bit of tracking back in the second half when he ran in front of a midfielder trying to counter-attack and just got in front of him and casually passed the ball on. I thought that was really good. And yet, like you say, his game was very quiet. He he went about his business without making too much of an impact. I feel like he linked well with Moxie in you know, how he'd hold the ball, wait for Moxie to do the overlap and then lay it off for him. That was quite a good. Um, I would say that was quite a good combination that worked well for us on quite a few occasions. Um, helped us get balls into the box and overload the box with numbers. I don't think he had that much of an impact compared to Henry and Spavin and Vela and all that. Because I, I just don't think he moves the ball quick enough. I feel like, and that's good at times. Don't get me wrong, because he is a more composed player. He is one who is patient, and I thought Bolton were very patient on Saturday. But I feel like when it comes to instinctive passing and moving quickly, he just, as we all know, he's like the size of a caravan. He's not exactly the most mobile lad. He just slows well, the game down a lot. And with how he was trying to play on Saturday, which was a lot more counter-attacking and fast, I feel like he slowed it down a bit at times. It, it's a weird one. I, just, he, I thought he did well, don't get me wrong. But I think he didn't have that much of an impact on the game. But I'm st- I, I still think his, his improvement is palpable on last season. Yeah, and, and like you said, you can't. Everyone can't be a Henry in midfield. You, you know, you, it doesn't make sense. You need to have different different players in there, and he does slow the game down. And I don't know whether I was recovering from a bit of a from a heavy Friday night, but did I see him beat somebody for pace? Oh, you may well have done. Tra- I'm not sure. Who they were doing some back, jobbers. Tracking back oh, in yeah, the second half. Right. Yeah, that's what he did. He beat some yeah, pace. Beat track, pace. I couldn't believe it. I had to go and uh, order a coffee to try and sober myself up. <laughs> um, what do you think of the diamond system? I thought with Amiobi and Henry coming in and Anderson, I thought we might have seen Bolton move to a little more of a playing with like a 4-2-3-1, going for width, 
which we so desperately lack at yeah. times. We surprised we didn't yeah. go for a bit more like that. Yeah, especially on a pitch the size of ours as well. Um, I mean, uh, we got caught out for width at Wimbledon, and that was a tiny pitch. Um, we look we look more comfortable the more we the more we play that system, but it's very narrow. Mm. Um, in the first twenty minutes, Southend looked like they were going to have the run of us yeah, in midfield. They were definitely tagged in Moxie, weren't they? As a lot down that right hand side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as the game wore on, I mean, once they'd scored, it was shut up shop and see what we can walk away with. Um, as the game wore on, the midfield was absolutely dominant, and I think Spearing had a cracking game in front oh, of the back foot. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of the, the the biggest reason behind our dominance was the performance of Spearing. Completely agree. I think you might Definitely. be right. Players he's brought in, I think he might be thinking about changing it and, and, and playing a bit of a wider system now he's got the players that can that can fit that mm-hmm. um, so we'll see we'll see what it yeah, brings but it's, it's nice to, oh god yeah it's nice to look at the bench and see two three four players that, that can all impact and, and change the formation like like Amiobi did I thought we uh we looked a lot better because in the first half Vela was very narrow and we looked and that middle of the park was very congested with Anderson and Henry they had a packed midfield as well it was very congested with so many players there but I think Vela pushed further out wide and maybe after 15 minutes or so and after that I think he had the complete run of things on that side he was getting cross after crossing I link, agree yeah linking up well with Buxton I thought Vela had a very good game and I tweeted after so, the game I think maybe it's, he's reached his level but who cares we're at this level so that's good but for the first time since he broke into the team he finally looks like he belongs there doesn't he Chris Definitely. Uh, sorry for missing out before, fellas. My microphone was playing up a little bit. Um, Vela's a funny one for me. I, I really try and work out what he does and what, what he does well, and I feel like sometimes it's me that's the problem and not him. Um, yeah, I much prefer my midfield as much as I, I would thought he was an OK right-back. Um, the first half, I thought he was a bit of a passenger, as I thought maybe one or two of them were in midfield, Trotter included. I heard you talk about him before. But as the game wore on, as we became more dominant, I think his confidence was evident to see. And, and he was, he was involved in everything. And him and Bucks ended up having quite a good little partnership down that right-hand side with the latter. He chucking in some lovely crosses. If only we had someone who could head the ball, <coughs> Jamie Proctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I, I thought Vela was good, and, and I think he's growing. I think he's maturing. It's maybe taking a bit longer than we all expected. Um, but, you know, he's, he started adding goals to his game. He's obviously, a, a Parkinson likes him. So, yeah, you know, long may it continue. I think the fact that he's... He's in there, he's getting picked every week, he's going to be to his benefit. Uh, Spearing as well, he's an absolute general in there, isn't he? Oh, and I only, so I only didn't give him man of the match because it was too predictable to give him man of the match. In, in any other work, walk of life, any other world, he would have won it, I, you know, I hands down. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's something to be said maybe about these players finding a level, but... All you can do is just expect that they turn up and they put a good shift in, and there's no doubt that they all did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the talk about Henry. I thought Henry was really impressive. It was, it was just a shame that him, and perhaps Anderson to an extent, we didn't really know yet how to play mm-hmm. to their strengths. Yeah. And then after a couple of days, that's to be expected, I One suppose. session of that. Yeah, it's, and it's Henry's first game of the season as well, from what I read. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not, not the end of the world. But, yeah, I think there's a really exciting partnership there, especially with... With Henry's vision and, and Anderson's pace, I, I think him him it, it, from what I want, and it's only one game, but he looks to be a bit of an upgrade on Woolery to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anderson. 
Yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll talk, we'll talk about the whole situation soon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil your flow, but we've got a lot of uh, a lot of positives to take out of Absolutely. it, and, and it's not necessarily just uh, just the fact that we didn't lose. What do you think? I think diamond. Oh, sorry, Tom. Continue. No, come on. You 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 talk diamond, and then I'll I'll jump in with my digression. Okay, Chris. What do you think of the diamond formation? Do you, are you happy with it at the minute, or do you want us to go to a more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I concentrate on width. I'd never seen uh, Henry play that that sort of position before. I always thought he was a more of a wide midfielder, but yeah, I think in in this division with his the, the technical ability that he's got and his defeat that he's got, he's I think it might. So good, like, yeah, definitely. Oh, so. It, it was a cut a cut above, and it was so obvious to see. I think going forward, there's no doubt that that's the right that's the right position for him to play, especially Matt Davis's absence. Um, whether Clough does something different when Clough comes back, I don't know, um, but. Front to back, it means that we've got quality and people that have played in, in much higher divisions. We're spearing at one end, Henry at the other end of that diamond. I think it looks really good. Mm. Um, with flies, I don't think it's that important, really, when we've not got anyone up front who's particularly dominant in the air. Because Medine sure. seems to be a, a bit Kevin Davies-esque in the fact that he can win he can win a flick on. But you know, you could probably count the number of Kevin Davies goals that he scored with his head on one hand. Um, so that's perhaps not the best place to put Henry in there when there's nobody to capitalise in the middle. But Vela um, and Trotter, you know, they they did their part. Trotter it was on sort of quiet but effective games. Wanted nothing flashy. They didn't do too much wrong. Um, a, a steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once when they all bed in together, I think the future's pretty exciting to see. Yeah. Short term, anyway. If we like, like I think Tom hit the nail on the head. If we can play like we did from the third minute onwards on Saturday. Oh yeah, we'll absolutely the piss the league. Oh, we will. We'll piss it. it. We'll piss it, 100 points, it'd be dead. If we play like we did in the second half every week, which I, I know we won't, but fuck it, I've had a beer, we will. We'll, 100 points, it's, it's dead easy, dead easy. I think what's so so nice to see is to see such a different side to us after the first four games of the season grinding out results as well, which, you know, there's two, there's different sides to how this Bolton team can play. Parkinson seems like he's got options and plan Bs and he just knows what he's doing, which is... Quite a weird thing to have. For the yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting to notice. I think that the the fact the couple the, the couple of games I've seen so far this season were far 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 stronger in the second half. Which, if you remember rightly, I think it was it Dougie that we used to come out second half like we'd just been sitting there eating a plate of Yorkshire oh, yeah. puddings. You no, know, yeah. we used to come out like right to, like turnips. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, but this time we seem to be we seem to be able to come out and, and we're absolutely flying now. If only we'd have had the, the the good luck to have scored the first goal on Saturday, I think we'd have probably would have pissed them four or five nil, which mm-hmm. we didn't do. Is testament to how well they defended and so on and, and Phil Brown's tactics. But it's coming, isn't it? I think there's a thrashing on the horizon somewhere. Mm, hopefully on Saturday. You, yeah, they, they did defend well. To be fair, I think their centre back, the bald one, number six, he was throwing his body in the way of everything in the second half. So. All respect to them, like they went with a game plan. They got a jammy goal, well, not a jammy goal, a very good goal actually, in the first three minutes, and then they just sat on it and dug out a result. Which fair play to them. I'm just fuck me. I'm so happy we didn't get Phil Brown though, innit, it, Tom? Yeah, yeah, and um, his his comments were very lemon as well um, at the end of the <laughs> game. Well, towel. I'm pretty sure we did not have towels, and even if we did. <laughs> We've got our towels this our stage and bring your own fucking towels, Phil, if you want some. Jesus Christ. I just, I just I just thought that was the icing on a very bitter, bitter cake that he that he decided um to go on this rant at the end of the game. I mean the way Southend celebrated that that full time whistle and the players and the fans, you you'd have, you'd have thought they'd gone through to the next round of the FA Cup or something. Um 
this is the problem that we're going to face. And you know that was this was my, my digression in that some of the teams we've played so far, your Bristol Rovers, your Wimbledon's, your Southends, and there'll be a few more this season. We're a cup final for especially some of the local Very. teams. Well, <laughs> yeah, we, you know we're we're one of you know we're a scalp. Now our next three games, yeah. we've got the Dom home, and I know we beat them last season at home, but they finished above us in the league. Walsall away, and I know they've started slowly, but they they um, were brilliant last season, and and they were one of the favourites before the season began. And then Bradford at home, I think that's the big one. Bradford and I think be a massive game. Yeah, I think if we're still unbeaten, huge. if we're still unbeaten after Bradford at home, um, then bring it on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we can if we can if we can remain unbeaten from those next three games, I think we've really made a statement. I wouldn't go uh, as far to say that Bradford will be the title decider, but I think whoever if whoever team wins that will definitely be in the ascendancy going into like the Christmas period. I think because I think it's probably between us two and perhaps Millwall and maybe some other team. I don't really know League One to be honest with you. Whoever else is buzzing about, but it seems to be us and Bradford are the pace setters. We're both still unbeaten. We're only ahead because we've won one more game than them. That is going to be an absolute massive tie. Um, yeah, so Chris, you wrote an article on Phil Brown before the match, and I agree. Like, go podcasts in the preseason, I was pretty much like, and before the season ended, even I was like desperate for Phil Brown. I was like going on like depression streak, saying if it's not <laughs> Phil Brown, then what's the point? But now, Christ alive, I'm so so happy that we haven't got him. Yeah, it's early days with Parkinson, isn't it? But I think we've pretty much it pretty much seems like we've made the right choice. I know that uh, when, when that first goal went in, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, you absolute bellend! Why have you written that article? Because it's guaranteed that we were going to lose." When I put something so gushing about Parkinson, so negative about Brown, but his post-game comments don't bother me too much because he lost. Uh, they drew the game. Sorry, be proud of his team. They did well, uh, and he's probably pleased with himself for sticking two fingers up at Wanderers a little bit. Um, but. Going forward, I agree with you about what you said about the teams who are going to be competing for the league. I think if you add maybe Sheffield United into that mix... No, absolutely not the shit. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I watched, them, I watched them beat Gillingham at the weekend. I know we left it very, very late, but they were pretty dominant in that game that I saw too. Um, but it's a long season and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm really happy with the manager. Really happy with the manager, which I'm pretty sure was your original question. Um, it might not have been. Um, but there's a lot there's a lot of football still to play and, and Parkinson's one of those managers it seems like he knows this league inside out and I think that's the right call because Adkins might have been a, a you know a, a more higher profile one Cottrell's got a good pedigree too but um, Parkinson's definitely got the got the, the CV for this division and I think there's, there's a lot to be said for that I was looking the other day at the list of managers who've recently got promotion out of the league and Cottrell uh, not Cottrell Caldwell aside I think the, the people that have won the league the last three or four seasons have been managers that have had at least two seasons working in this division before they've got promoted. And so that then forms the basis of knowing what you need to do. And so if you can add that know-how in with some talented players, which we've undoubtedly got, I mean, looking at our squad on paper now, I think it's head and shoulders above anybody else in this league. Um, I'm confident that's a recipe for success. And, and what we've seen so far hasn't, hasn't disavowed me of that notion at all. Oh, absolutely. And I just love how calm and composed Patterson is. He, he never, you, you just wouldn't get him talking so emotionally like Phil Brown did he's very articulate takes emotion out decisions which I feel will make him better to make those tough decisions when the likes of Clough True. in the back Prattley I, I trust him to make the right call on who gets in the team and whatnot. And True, but we did, fought, we, did, we, we, did, we did lose our mind over Friedman and, and Neil Lennon after a few months though as well, let's not forget. So we don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, um, be like, like one or two people I've seen who, who 
you know, ready to, to name the first barn fill at this stage. But mm-hmm. it's looking good, isn't it? Looking Absolutely. good. When was the last time we had nice to be positive this season? Though? I know the stats to back this up, though. But when was the last time we actually like had a win in our first five games? Like, it's just a real, it's well different to have such a good start. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Friedman years, for example, were notorious, weren't they, for the poor start? And that's only games in the no, exactly. And that, we're only talking that's the last three or four years. So, who knows? Perhaps, this, perhaps you know, you'd have to look it up. God knows. Mm-hmm. Memory, yeah, memory's not the top, good. the top of my head. It might have been Allardyce's second season, was it? I think all one uh, or two was the last time we went six games unbeaten at the start. Yeah. So. But that's Premier League football, you know. It's not not uh, not comparable, is it? Really, plus all the all the crap we've been through the last three or four years, it's mm-hmm. it's remarkable. It makes his achievement all all the more impressive, especially as there was no real sign of this, was there? In pre-season, it was a bit up and down. Yeah, correct. Um, especially when not, all of our people are you get those on Twitter now saying we've buying the league when we've not spent a penny as well. It's glorious, good stuff. We're I've no doubt. I've no doubt we're paying people like James Henry a decent chunk, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we've, we've, we've sort of, like Andy Dufresne, we've walked through two miles of shit and we've finally got to the end of that tunnel, haven't we? It's uh, it's maybe time that we stop worrying about that sort of thing and just enjoy, enjoy the ride. Definitely. Well, shall we talk about the players on Saturday's performance? Mark Howard, Chris, um, only our second time seeing him, I think. He didn't have literally, yeah. literally nothing to do, really, but no, I was exactly. impressed with his concentration when Wheater did make that shitty back pass. He was out immediately to challenge the attacker, which really could have been the, like... If they'd have scored that, I don't see us getting into that game at all, really. Oh, was it was it 1-1 at a time? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was one apiece. Yeah. I don't see us getting a result there, so it was a brilliant goal. No, I agree. Thing. I agree, and, and, and you know, otherwise I would have found it... If you hadn't said that, I would have found it hard to really pinpoint anything that he did because he certainly didn't have a shot to save. He, he didn't stand a chance with the goal. Um, at the same time, he did well to come out and, and, and rescue Wheaters blushes a little bit. So, yeah. A solid 7 out of 10. Didn't really do a lot. Didn't really have a lot to do. Yeah, I think his kicking could just use a little bit of work, though. But saying that, he did do a great kick I'll for Anderson. That. Yeah, he did. And I'll blame that on the conditions. We'll let him off. Blame yeah. it on the it windy and it was wet. We'll let him off. Tom, what do you reckon? Yeah, I noticed a couple of his kicks were struggling to, to reach halfway, which worried me slightly. Um, apart from that, it's, it's hard to judge a goalkeeper's performance when really he's had one unstoppable effort that's gone in the top bin after two minutes and then 88 minutes of having very little to do um, what he did have to do he did well mm-hmm, absolutely Lewis Buxton had a bit of a slow start shall we say as all the team did really but I thought I think he looks really solid Chris I know you have some qualms against him he was obviously tucked far 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 yeah. too inside for that goal don't know what he was doing maybe he saw Wheater hadn't really got his man and thought he had to cover but you don't tuck that far inside at all, but apart from that, I think he just looks really solid, and he is starting to add. You can tell that his fitness is coming back now because he's starting to add that more attacking nature to his game now as well. Yeah, I'm only really comparing him to Neil Cox, which is my go-to mm-hmm. comparison for a good, for a good right back. And you know, he appears to be a bit more Danny Butterfield than Danny Alves, but you know, it's just one of those things. He's it, generally in what I've seen so far, he's made very few mistakes. He's just perhaps a bit of a slow, bit slower than I might want my attacking right back to be but he's a right back he's not really a wing back is he so it's not really his fault I, um, I think he's got right back that can defend yeah ab- absolutely yeah and it's only a very minor nitpick I admit it's my fault not his um, but I think you know when he gets his, when he gets going when he goes forward and, and at weekend he had a lot of time and a lot of space to go forward and, and he's got a decent cross on him so hopefully we can start to capitalise mm-hmm. so what do you think 
I'm yet to be convinced by Buxton. Oh, um, just because you're a Wilson apologist. <laughs> no, it's just that you well, like him, and I'm to be convinced. No, it's it's he's it's, he linked up well in the second half, but I thought he was slow to the party. And I think that Vela playing on the right in that diamond, if you've got someone like an Amiobi or a James Henry who's more willing to run at a defender, Buxton's n- never going to get there. Um, I think because Vela was looking inside and he was opening up that opportunity for Buxton and he, he does have a lovely right foot for putting crosses in. Um, he is at fault for the first goal. It's a really rare defensive shambles in what has been a really good back four so far. Mm. Um and it was just it, that was that was just a little flashback to to last season. Um, we to dropping three yards deep when when he had no need to. Buxton getting drawn in as a result, and then you know, uh, as happens, it falls to the man who's, who's spare at the back post and he puts it in the top bin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's not. He's not. I've, I've not made my mind up about him. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm yet to be convinced. Um, Laurie's flowing it, locks in the. September rain did help uh, sway that opinion, did, didn't it? So, doesn't he look good in the rain? And I, and I, I was, um, I was he a needs bit. Needs a worried. diet coke, doesn't he? he? Just needs a diet coke, and you've been paradise. So, he doesn't need the diet coke for me. <laughs> he doesn't need it. He provides he... all the fizz, doesn't he? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my I was, god, I was, um, I was worried being in the in the in the upper tier this week that. Um, that I might not get a good view of him because at Wimbledon I was yards from him I could smell his head and shoulders. Um, but God, in order about that. Doesn't he look good in? I hope he. I hope he doesn't. I hope him or his missus don't hear this because I'll have a knock on my door tomorrow. <laughs> from which one? In order. Can't go within one thousand yards of Laurie Wilson. I can no longer watch games. <laughs> oh man! But back to Planet Earth, Buxton. He's not done anything for me to fall out with him yet. Um, but I'm, I'm yet to be convinced. Fair enough. Beavers and Weeter were usually just thrown together because they're usually just an absolute wall together. Weeter had showed a little bit of a crack on uh, on Saturday. He, you know, he. I thought he was fine everywhere else. He's just he's a bit complacent with his sloppy back pass. I actually liked how much Weeter got forward, and he is quite good on the ball, deceivingly so. And then Beavers just standard, just fucking brilliant as always, Chris. Yeah, I should score more. I think that's one criticism I've had of, of him, um, especially from what I've seen so far this season. I mean, he's he's so good in the air and, and he's, he's playing against some proper chumps. He should hopefully we'll be looking at get at least half a dozen goals from he's him this five season. From Millwall, including one at Wembley. Yeah, both of them. I mean, I'm talking Chris Fairclough, kind of eight, nine, ten goals in the '97 season was the peak of uh, of defensive goal scoring for me. And um, it was just one of those displays from both of them where you know full well that they're they're pretty comfortable, and I can only put down Wheat's mistake to that kind of complacency. But then again, I did see a picture of him taken outside the ground <laughs> after the game, and it looked like he'd maybe he'd maybe been out the same sort of time as Tom had if he had a bad head for Saturday morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's one of them. If we can, if we can have a, a less than stellar performance and still wouldn't lose the game, you know, what's the problem really? Not really anything to moan about, is it? Anything to add, Tom? Are you just happy to lay lie that we've got two great centre backs at it? Yeah, and, and you're right to speak of them as one um, because they just, it's just you know we've we've struggled in terms of centre back partnerships, and I don't think the previous manager really helped by changing centre halves pretty much game after game. Um, oh, I remember both... Prince. Man, I miss Prince, me. 
What a guy he was. Where's he, who's he playing for these oh, days? Fuck knows. He went to Turkey last year. I'll, I'll try and find that out, but Tom, please continue. Yeah. I think it'd be borderline unfair if Prince was playing in League One because I think he'd go on like a David Luiz run every <laughs> play game. Him up front. Just play him up front. Simple. Yeah. Um, the centre-halves, you can't really you know, um, fault them. I mean, we two had a bit of a brain fart for the goal and then the back pass, but apart from that, they were, they were solid enough against a not-so-threatening not, not so front line. Moxie still well, seems to get in for a lot of stick. Uh, Go on. Um, Prince is currently at Vitoria Gumares in Portugal. All right, yeah, 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 superb away day there with Vazte in the European campaign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where he's heading up at the minute. Hopefully, Portugal. Is Interesting. Ready for him. Uh, yeah, Interesting. Dean Moxie, Tom. I thought it was his. I thought he, Buxton, probably equal to share the blame. But I thought Moxie just going defensively. He's just really not that good at all. Is he? He's just he, sl- he. I don't know. He kind of like sleepwalks defensively, but going forward, he runs all day, and he's quite good at getting the bo- uh, crosses into the box as well. Yeah, brilliant at getting forward, and you can see why managers in the past have played him left wing instead of left back when it's been appropriate to do so because he's better going forward. Um, he's 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 not very good on the back foot, and when the ball comes out wide, it's as if he's tethered to his centre half. He he plays very um, very close to his centre back, and he's slow to get out to the cross, um, and that's what I find infuriating that a full back doesn't try and close down the cross and almost invites it. Um, he's much better going forward than he is defensively. I mean, I'm, I was I've looked at the replay a few times and I don't I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you can lay any blame at Moxie for the goal because when the ball's coming back, he's pushing out with the rest of the back four and he he goes forward a lot. He goes forward first and then leaves space in behind him. And then he fails to close down the crosser. I think it's kind of two half mistakes that like made into a one big mistake. If you get me? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you have half mistakes. I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? Um, I said in an article a couple of weeks ago, I would be quite content with Taylor playing left back and Moxie pushing forward in midfield, but. Um, it's one of them. I, I always put it down to watching Jimmy Phillips for too long. When standing off a, a, your attacker as a fullback, is a, it should be a, an arrestable offence. You know, it's it's inviting trouble. And when teams in this league are not going to really going to pass their way through us too much, for us to invite them to put a cross in un, un, um, unfettered is not really going to help our cause at all. So all they've got to do is just stop the cross, um, and then trust that if it does get through, that the centre halves will make a difference. But at least he would have tried. Um, going forward, his usual self, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's an experienced player. He's played a lot higher than this level, so he's he's, he's always going to be better than the people he's taking on. Just try him in midfield, see what happens. You know, it might work if we played in a more more sort of stable four four two type formation or whatever before midfield. But I, I think he's talented enough, and I think that Taylor could come in and do a decent job in cover. I think he's all right. You know, he gets a bit of grief, but I know. He- and it will do that much better. So, unless we're going to look within to someone like Taylor, then I'm quite content with Moxie at the moment. Mm-hmm. In the middle, Jay Spearing, just absolute colonel in that middle of the park, and he an absolute sergeant. He absolutely bossed it. The way he continuously won the ball back from counter-attacking South End players just allowed us to pin them in, overload numbers in there, like attacking quadrant or whatever the fuck you want to call it. He was so, so good, wasn't he, Chris? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, absolutely brilliant performance. I was really impressed. And 
I'm really glad that we finally got the spearing back that we had a few years ago. I know it's taken too well. Maybe uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think it's better. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely an argument for that, and uh, it might have taken two relegations to get there, but at least we've got somebody now that looks like he's he knows he, he's one of the best midfielders in that division, and that he's starting to play like it as well. I'm liking uh, this this set of pieces as well. I know he, he came in for a bit of, bit of uh, criticism in one place I read for the quality of his corners and free kicks. They were but a little lacklustre on Saturday, but they're usually very yeah, I think that's only probably a testament to the high standards yeah, that he's put definitely. forward already this season, which isn't. You know, I'm not going to not going to, uh, bog to to dog him for that. But yeah, long may it continue. I think he's really important, and hopefully, uh, he's not going to be suspended. I think he's picked up three or four bookings already. You've only got to get to five before you get a suspension in this league. So, and it's not going to curtail his game too much. But we want to make sure that we've got our best players on the pitch as often as we can. Mm-hmm. Tom, what do you think of Old Jay? Yeah, um, almost flawless. Um, you, but. So it's unfair with Jay Spearing because in the back of your mind you are thinking you know this guy's from Liverpool this guy played in the Premier League with Steven Gerrard at Anfield you know he's played Premier League football he should be taking the mick in this league so there's a lot of pressure on Spearing um, but this is his position we're playing him in the right position um, and he's he's probably so far um, been our best player um, every time, every time I've had to give a man of the match award in an article this season, I've, I've either given it to Spearing or been very close to giving it to him. I think he's had a really, really strong start to the season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like who's playing up to the captaincy as well. He's got it due to Prattley's injury, but he doesn't look like he's shirking away from it in the slightest. He looks better with it on actually. And I think nah, he's a proper captain, isn't he? Yeah, I think there might be an argument of giving it in full time, even if Prattley returns, to be honest with you, because Spearing starts every game if he's fit in that position. I don't know if Prattley does at the minute. But anyhow, moving on. Uh, who played on the right? Josh Feller. We've talked a lot about Feller. It's good to see him playing well. I thought he played very... Like I said, I thought he did really, really well on Saturday. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, nothing more to add, really. It's a, you know, another sort of seven-ish out of ten. Um, keep, keep it up. Doing well. Tom, anything to add? No, we had a chat about him before, didn't we? He's um, he's maybe not playing in his most natural position, but he, he made a good go of it, and um, the right side was stronger than the left on Saturday. Yeah, again, I think we talked about Liam Trotter enough as well. I think he was quite but effective. Moving on, I think we talked a lot about James Henry as well. I think, interesting with Henry, do you think he suits that attacking tip of the diamond position, Chris? Or would you rather see him just ripping, in, running into space on the wings? I get the inclination that he might be a better out-and-out winger than he is in an already congested midfield, but at this level, I'm pretty sure he can operate wherever. I was just yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, I've only ever seen him play as a winger, but from what I saw on Saturday for that 60, 70 minutes, uh, he's got the, the feet and he's got the ability, and if he can find time on the ball uh, in the right areas, then I see him as being... You know, oh, it's hard to really. I don't want to go too over the top, but that's the sort of role that I wanted Mark Davies to play. That link between the forwards and the midfield, not be a midfielder pushing forward. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for him playing in behind the front two. I think he's got the talent uh, and the vision as well to take really take advantage. And I think if we can get Anderson in sync with him, if we can get Clough in sync with him and Medine as well to an extent, I think it's really exciting. Um, he plays as an attacking midfielder, not. Somebody breaking forward every now and then. Mm-hmm. I think 
he's might have been lacking a little bit in that sharpness on Saturday. And once he gets that back, oh yeah, without a doubt, only one game. Yeah, without once he gets that back, gets a bit more that clinical edge back. Because I feel like a couple of times he had the ball on the edge of the box. I didn't really know whether to pass or shoot, and the chance kind of fizzled into. No, we know we can. We know he can shoot, don't we? Oh, so he's he done, done it. Unfortunately, we know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it and, and to, to his progression too. I think it's really interesting the fact that we've got him in the team, backed by Spear and Steel. Vela's pushing forward a bit more. Trot has got the potential to push forward a bit more as well. Um, yeah, we've got a lot more options, haven't we, this year? And it's, it makes Absolutely. a nice change. Tom, what do you reckon of old James Henry? I think if um, if Medine and Proctor keep putting headers ten yards wider the goal, then. He's going to be pulling his hair out if he ends up playing on the right wing, um, because if if we can, in terms of offering the right service, I'm, I'm I've got no doubt Henry will be able to do that. Um, but the, the 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 headers from both Medine and Proxy they were going everywhere. I mean, the problem Medine was having was was one as well in, late on in the game. Yeah, but Medine's problems is positioning because he's he's arriving at the ball very late. Um, and Proc- I don't know what Proctor's got 50p on his forehead. I don't know what's going on. Um, I think if, if we're going to play an Anderson or a Clough, I want to see. I probably want to see James Henry in the middle. Okay. Um, just just because he's a little bit closer to them and he can link up with them that way. Fair play, fair play. Let's talk about Gary Medine. I thought he had one of his better games for Bolton on Saturday until he left the pitch and about the 60 minute mark for some untold injury at this moment in time. But he was putting in a shift and actually making it matter. He actually did look like he was asked. I think he was winning the ball back countless times and setting off counter-attacks with good link-up play with the likes of Henry and Anderson. There was one time when the ball was coming over, I think was it? I think Southend might have been trying to clear it or something along those lines, and he ran in front of the Southend player, chested the ball down to Henry or something, and we nearly went and scored from it on that counter-attack. I thought he was putting a really good shift in. He did. He actually was doing uh, flick-ons that mattered as well. I recall one when he flicked it onto Vela, who was on mark to the back post, and he fizzed it across the front of goal. Again, it's just the fact that he was a bit sloppy in front of goal, and he might be our top goal scorer at the minute, but all his goals have been practically tap-ins or scrappy efforts. What do you think of his performance on Saturday, Chris? Uh, much the same. I thought he, you know, he, he won the headers pretty well. But he wasn't really anywhere to be seen when it came to crosses going into the middle. I would have liked him to have been more de- decisive in front of goal. I think he was he was caught dawdling a couple of times. And he wanted a penalty on one occasion as well, which looked a bit optimistic from where I was sat. And then there was the opportunity that came over his over his shoulder that he was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting mm. to come, um, but never never came. And, and I just think maybe a bit more proactive going with his head or trying to chest it down might have earned him the chance to to get a shot on goal. Um, but you know, it's one of them women dealing that you got to. You got to take baby steps with him. It seems he's either he's either good or he's hopeless, and, and I don't think he was hopeless by any stretch of the imagination on Saturday. And yeah. um, at the same time, harking back to deadline day, um, I know that the, the narrative kind of changed a little bit with Bolton fans. It seemed that all of a sudden, after eight to twelve months yeah. of, of slight, slagging him off, that the thought of losing him it was dri- driving people to tears, and so that was a bit surprising. It was I still a weird one, can, wasn't it? And we didn't get a chance to talk it about was, it this week with everything that was going on, but. I think the reaction was justified. At the moment in time, we had only had we only had Proctor who hadn't managed to string two games together yet, and Woolery. So the thought of losing our only actual striker who has begun has uh, started scoring goals was a weird and scary prospect. And I was like, yeah, if we lose him here, then we might be kissing this league goodbye at the minute because we'd have next to no firepower up front. So I do think the reaction He's... was justified. 
However, yeah, I can see, I can see why because, like I said before, we no Clough, no Clayton. Obviously, at that time we didn't have Anderson, we didn't have Amiobi. Mm-hmm. Our attacking options were limited. But then again, we felt the same about Woolley, wouldn't we? And I'm sure if it came down to letting him go or letting Medine go, we would have we would have chosen Medine every day of the week. Now, I'm not for a second thinking that Medine's going to be uh, useless in this division. I know a lot of people hark back to the fact that he scored 18 goals for Wednesday five years ago in this league. Now he's been in this league twice since. With um, with Carlisle, I think it was, Blackpool, and someone else. Coventry. Yeah, Coventry, I think that was the one. And, and he's only got three or four goals in, in half a season for each team. So I don't, I'm not expecting fireworks from him, but I think that the effort that he showed on Saturday was a lot more uh, encouraging, especially as I listened to a really interesting um, podcast with Neil Lennon a few days ago oh, yeah. from Scot- BBC Scotland. And he talked a lot about players at Bolton not being as good as they thought they were, you know, not justifying the pay packets. And he said certain players not taking criticism very well. So it seemed like to me like a pretty pointed comment towards Medine, given their history. And so I wonder whether Parkinson's come in, put his arm around him and, and tried to make him feel important. And that's why we're getting these improved performances. So, you know, I, I don't want to lose him. I, I wouldn't have been that bothered. It's a funny one. I, I wouldn't have been that bothered. But at the same time, if he'd have gone, he'd have gone. But he's here and, and he's performing well. Um, and I hope his injury is not too severe because we need all the bodies we can get up front. Tom, we need to wrap through these quickly because we're not going to get thoughts about Big Sam otherwise. So what do you think about Medine? I think that the uh, formation that we're playing means that he's not trying to do everything which he was trying to do under Neil Lennon. He was trying to um, win the flick on and then run onto his own flick on or chest the ball down and beat a man and then lay it off. I think he was trying to do too much and he's not good enough to do that. Um, I think he's sticking to his guns. He's putting some good flick ons in open play. His headers anticipating crosses in the box weren't very good. Um, and you know what you're saying about his goals being tappings and you know, he's if he if he can score twenty five tappings this season oh, yeah, for me. If, um I'm just I'm glad that he's got a bit of support up there and that he's not he's not having to try and do everything and he's sticking to what he's he's better at. Yeah, can't argue with that. Jay Proctor, who was his replacement. I like Proctor. Whilst him and Medine are both similar players, as in the big target men, I've said that kind of They're both big target men, but they are very different players. Proctor is a lot more comfortable with, with the ball, and he's a lot more comfortable with it at his feet, which he did take too far on Saturday on a couple of occasions when he tried to do stepovers instead of just getting the ball into the box or having a dig. But I like Proctor, Chris, and I know you've not seen him enough, and your shit meter, whatever it was, was starting to tingle. <laughs> But I, I like him. I think he's a good option. He offers a bit something a bit different to Proctor uh, to Medine. Sorry, I think he's better for the lone target man role, as you were alluding to there, um, Tom. I think he is a lot better at keeping hold of the ball, playing it off, actually doing the hard running and whatnot. So, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's the first time I've seen him play for Bolton. Anyway, in terms of uh, of his past, I've, I live in Preston. I work in Preston, so I spoke to a lot of Preston fans about him and. They said he's very hot and cold. You know, he's good with his feet, but he's no good in the air. Blah blah blah. And I think that summed him up. And I was being a bit, a bit tongue in cheek when I said that my, uh, my shit footballer meter was worrying over time on Saturday because, as far as I could see, Proctor he had a couple of good chances with his head that he, you know, he missed a couple of pretty much a sitter, sitters in terms of chances, as far as I could tell. Um, but it's early days, so I won't really go too much into it because I'm not seeing him off of the guy, but. Positive, positive, and uh, all these new lads get a fair chance before we write them off forever. Yeah, I do actually like how he peels off onto the left a lot to try and run onto, you know, full backs and stuff. I, I like that a lot. How he, Howard was always looking for him 
for his cold kicks and when he got it he did keep the ball I like him a lot what do you think Tom? Yeah I, I think he's a good impact to have because people see him replacing Medina and think that it's a like for like and that's not necessarily the case he's better with his feet uh, he's not afraid to run at a defender um, I like him mm-hmm. Now the surprise signing on Wednesday night was that of Sammy Amiobi who came out of nowhere. Now, I've done my scout report on him today from fans of Cardiff and Newcastle, and both of them told me that he suffers quite badly from with asthma, which means he he's usually, if he, even if he comes on for 20 minutes in a game, he's chugging by the end of it. He didn't seem that bad on Saturday, but again, he didn't do much hard running, I'd say. I don't see him being a starter too often with that news, with, you know, he's got asthma, he can't play. It's, it's a wonder that he became a footballer if he's got asthma that bad. I know Paul Scholes had it, but it never really affected him, did it? And, but as an impact player, I think he's got a lot of different uses. Now, we saw him, whenever the like a this passage of play started with a goal kick, he'd go into the centre because he's six foot four and can win headers. But then when the ball was in play, he'd peel out into the right, and he did some brilliant pieces of skill and improvisation at times, didn't he, Chris? Yeah, I've seen him play a few times for Middlesbrough for Newcastle on loan as well against us. And he's always struck me as someone really skillful, but a bit lightweight and someone maybe a bit Max Clayton-ish in the manner that he doesn't really know what his best position is. But mm. when he came on for us, and obviously he went in the middle a few times, I don't expect, despite his physique, he's going to win that many headers because he doesn't appear to be the strongest chap in the uh, world he, now. He attracts the attention of bigger defenders. Yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's definitely a purpose there and, and he's definitely got re- really good feet. Um and, and he's going to be an exciting one to watch. I think he might be more uh, Andre Moritz than anything else, though. Mm. If I'm comparing him with anybody of recent years, that's a good chance. Um, yeah, because he's, he's going to bring. A few, I think he'll bring a few goals. He'll be a talented player. who's played at a much higher level than this. Mm. Um, it's just a question of where we play him and his own uh, willingness to get involved. I suppose looking at him on the surface of things. Yeah, friend of the site George Bowyer met him today and said he was a lovely chap. So I'm 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 optimistic about this time. I feel like at league he's struggled at Championship. I think at League One his um, you know his ability on the ball is um, spontaneity. It's like pretty much. Oh, he's unpredictable, isn't he? Exactly. He's very unpredictable with what he's going to do. That and, piece and that's he did on the right to link up with Buxton towards the end of the game. Yeah. brilliant. So I think he could be. A, he could definitely be someone who could be a game changer in unlocking defenses as the season goes on. What and he's, I tell you something. He's like a baby giraffe, isn't he? His legs are probably taller than me. Jesus Christ, he's the most gangliest player I've ever seen. But Tom, what do you think of him? Um. My shitometer's wearing with um, I do think with a with a fully fit squad, I don't. I think he'll be playing a bit part. I think if you've got you you Clayton's and you Cluffs back, I think Amiobi might be getting ten minutes here, fifteen minutes there. He gave us a little bit of something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just get the sense that he's going to infuriate me, and I don't know where that's coming from. But I just get the, uh, uh, that piece of skill that you referred to. He nearly, with his drag back, put the ball out of play. Nearly, but he didn't. I think we're going to see that as many times as we're going to see him pull it off. So uh, I've just got the feeling that he's going to infuriate me. OK, OK. Early days, early days. Look, we'll skip over Andrew Taylor. He should have won the game, really, when he hit the ball over the bar. But there's not much to say about him. And, Chris, I guess we'll get your opinion. We signed five players on deadline day. Um, what are your opinion on the five acquisitions then being Amiobi? Yeah. Oh shit, we didn't talk about Keshi Anderson. Holy oh, you shit. took me. You, you, no, no, you're all right. I'll combine it in with this. Well, we'll talk um, about. Right, yeah, we got. We signed. Amiobi, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my two penny for Anderson. Thorpe, Ben Allenwick, and Keshi Anderson. You talk about the new signs, then we'll talk about Anderson. Bloody hell, I can't yeah, forget not, about him. 
Absolutely, yeah, very very uh, offensive that. Um, no, I think um, the five will go through one by one. Amiobi, we've just spoken about, and I think it's exciting. Henry, similarly exciting as well for different reasons. Um, ben Alnick, I've heard a few bits and pieces about him as not necessarily the most positive, but as far as keepers go, I think as long as he's got, he's not going to chuck the ball on his own net like that kid did at weekend, we can't grumble too much. Tom Thorpe, I don't really know much about him other than his pedigree at United, um, and Parkinson knows him as well, so that'll be one in the books for for a bit of good good faith. Um, but I thought Anderson was really impressive. Um, I, I speak to a couple of Palace fans every now and then on Twitter, and they all uh, I went to them straight away for a bit of opinion. And they said they basically said that he's going to be a really good player for you at that level because he's quick, he knows what he's doing, he's got good feet, and he's got an eye for a, eye for a goal, which uh, by hook or by crook we saw at weekend, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think Anderson aside, I think it was really really um, impressive debut for the club. He didn't look. Um, unfit or anything like that from someone that's not played too much. Uh, he played a little bit deep occasionally, which was not my preference, but again, I'm going to put that down to the fact that he didn't know any of the lads. He wouldn't really know how he played as well. Um, but I think the link-up between him and Henry in midfield at that tip yeah. of that diamond is re- really impressive because we saw that one time that Howard bunged the ball over the top and Anderson ran onto it. I think mm-hmm. if we'd have played a few more balls into the channels for him to run onto, we might have had a bit more success. Definitely. But it bodes well, doesn't it? The fact that he's left footed too, and I always like a left oh, footed centre forward. I didn't really notice that. Yeah, yeah he, always, ever since I used to, I mean, watch Christian Vieri, he was one of my favourites uh, back in, in the late 90s Italian football. A lovely left footed uh, centre forward always gets my spider senses tingling. Mm. So I hope he, he continues that sort of form. And, yeah. and given the lack of options up front, I think we'll have no choice but to give him a chance. And I've got faith in him. I think he, he's made a really positive start. And the same for all of them. I don't think any of them did anything wrong at weekend. Obviously, the keeper doesn't count. Um, but I've got, yeah, I think good solid signings, no complaints. Same with losing Woolery. I know you spoke well, about it. We'll talk about it. that um, in just a moment. I'll, I'll pause the question. Yeah, sorry, don't 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 want to don't want to blomp too far. All yours. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. But, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried one bit. With Anderson though, I like him a lot. He's got tenacity. Um, even though he's kind of he's probably not too much taller than Clough, but the difference between him and Clough, Anderson, he's just got. Body strength, funny. He's tough. He's yeah, he, he might stuck only in. small, but he's not. He's not averse to challenge for headers. He got one for his. You know, he got a head on the back of his head for his troubles in that regard. He's not averse to chasing long balls. And it, what I really like about him is one of them pesky players who'll get in between the ball and the defender and just stick his ass into the defender to try and keep him off the ball and hold it up. I really like him a lot. I think. And he's probably needs to, when he's on the ball, he could have been a little bit more um, decisive in what he was doing with it. But again, first game, what do you expect? He'll he'll come in time. But it's a really exciting sign, and I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him. Being able to have a little and large partnership up front now with Medine and him, rather than two larges with Proctor and Medine, is a, you know it's going to suit us a lot better as well, and might give us an inclination as to where Clough might be playing or may not be playing upon his return. But it's all interesting. It's good that with him in the team, a bit more creativity, a bit of a faster striker. That is, like, you know, he clearly is ready to play at this level. It t- kind of takes the burden off Clough and Clayton, who have to be the creative ones, and it'll give them time to just feed themselves back from injury. Right, not rush it, take as much time as they need, even if they don't get back until Christmas now. As long as Anderson stays fit and continues playing, it takes the burden off them too a lot, which which is good for us at the minute. Tom, what do you reckon of young Keshi? Yeah, I was quite surprised in his performance. I mean, I'd heard that he was a he was a finisher. I expected him to, to play off the shoulder um, because because of his stature. And I was hoping we'd sign a very different striker to Medina or Proctor. He's, he's got good pace. 
But as my granddad would say, he's a bit naughty. He's got a bit about him. And I, I don't know whether that's because um, he's, he's come from non-league. Maybe I'm being a bit elitist in no, saying no, that. But I, I had that he's, he's cut his teeth at lower levels. He's not afraid to to do the ugly stuff. And like you said, stick his arse out when, when, when the defender gets, gets up his back or go up for the header, chase the lost cause. I mean, there was a kick from Howard that really... You know full well Gary Medine's going to make half an effort at running after that, and then the keeper mm-hmm. comes in, collects, but but he goes full pelt after it, and yeah, he does. His shot doesn't hit the target, but um, there's certainly no arrogance in the way he plays. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the the only thing I'm gutted about is that he's he's not a permanent signing. Know, is that it. you know if he if he hits the ground running and carries on playing like he does, he could have. He, he could easily have six, eight, ten goals by the time he leaves. But the problem is, January comes and, and oh, we're no, back Anderson's in the, for, oh. the season. Oh, is he full season? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's fantastic. Well, I think it's Amiobi and Henry that are there till Christmas. Yeah, and <laughs> if um, I think I'm really into that. Mark Isles tweeted is that or put on his brilliant deadline day blog is that a, a week or so ago Parkinson told him that he doesn't like going for loan players who he can't sign. Afterwards, no, I think Anderson's an exception, obviously, because he signed a new two-year deal with Palace. But the likes of Henry, Thorpe, and your man Amiobi, they're all out of contract at the end of the year, so there's a good chance that we may get them for the rest of the season anyway, and so that's a promising thing. But with Anderson, yeah, yeah we've got him to the rest of the season. Fantastic news. Mm-hmm. That's cheered me right. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I feel it's going to be a big player for us. Yeah, and as you touched on there, the Willoughby debate, would you... Where do you stand, Chris? Would you rather have Anderson now, who is obviously a much more complete player, or have Woolery, who could become something good for, as you know, yeah, it's and him being ours, whereas Anderson's going to go at the end of the year. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's it's one of them. We don't know much about Anderson other than what we've seen over the course of, of ninety minutes. Where he did score a goal, admittedly, mm-hmm. and looked impressive. Now Woolery's had moments where he looks impressive as well. Now, I think the times come where we need the here and now. We don't need tomorrow. Um, and Woolery, we're still not 100% sure whether he's going to be a striker, or a wide player, a winger, a bit like they had the debate over Walcott for the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's it's one of those ones where um, the, the money they've offered obviously has allowed us to bring in these extra players, and if we improve the squad by sacrificing somebody who, let's face it, yeah. is not playing every, he's not playing every week. Granted, he's not going to be on a lot of money, but I bet the deal was good in that we, we didn't pay much to Tamworth, and again, we probably had to give Tamworth a bit of money as, as part of a sell-on, I assume, but I, you know that money appears to have been reinvested immediately and reinvested well, which you've only got to give the credit, the chairman credit for. Yeah. So whilst it's sad we didn't see Woolery achieve his potential with us, you know, judging from what people have achieved going to Wigan from Bolton, who's to say he's going to do anything anyway? Yeah. Uh, I hope he does because he seemed like a good lad. You know, he come from non-league football and worked hard. But, but no, I wasn't crying into me, me frosties on the, the morning after transfer deadline day. Yeah. The fact that we lost Woolery, and that was before before we saw Anderson play too, yeah. because we don't know what Woolery is, was, or, or will be. And I think Joe's piece on the website about that deal was really interesting, and I agree with most of the points that he made on that one. Yeah. You've got to just trust in the management, I suppose. Now, yeah, I do think it's kind of a bit of pill to swallow, but it's a lot more swallow swallow allable. That's not a word. Than if we had have lost Vela or Spearing or Medine or Clough or anyone else, so if he's the one that has no, exactly. that's exactly exactly he's expendable and and it said in the paper too, didn't it, that selling Woolery meant we could keep the likes of Clough and Vela around. So you know, so be it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Tom? You agree? 
Yeah, the only the only downside is, uh, well, uh, to be honest, it's less of a downside because until about three minutes ago, I thought we'd be in this position in January. But it, it, it now depends on who we get in the summer because, you know, we've got possibly a better player. I mean, I probably need to see more of him. He's had one good game, but let's see more of him before we make a judgment. But even if he has a very good season, he's not our player. He's a Crystal Palace player. And that's what's, that's what's you know... In, Annoying about the the loan system, um, so let's let's see how we get on. I mean, we're going to find ourselves in the same position in twelve months' time, where we'll be looking for for someone hopefully on a permanent basis. So it looks like we might have a better player, but in the long term, it's it's a case of wait and see. Woolery's contract was out was up was expiring end of this season though, at the same time. So even if Woolery had a great season, a great season himself, you know we we might have not earned as much money via tribunal and he might not have scored as many goals as Anderson might so while yep. it might be a might not be necessarily a, a long term gain for Anderson it might not have been a long term gain for Woolery either yeah I think yeah. made the right decision definitely now talked a lot about Bolton so let's quickly as I said at the start of the show this is an international break big Sam Allardyce Bolton's own made his first England game on Saturday was it or Sunday Sunday night Sunday, yes, Sunday evening. And he only went and won it in the dying moments to the scrappiest Adam Lallana goal you've ever seen. Tom, you were desperate to talk about Big Sam. Lift the floor. Yeah. Across. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it's I mean, the latest, the, or the the latest ever goal to be scored in a, in a Euro qualifier. I read somewhere. Um, what's brilliant is that the people who have doubted his managerial ability were also the same people who were the ones expecting to see this huge change so the people who thought that he wasn't up to the job and it's you know he's the same as Hodgson or similar to Hodgson were the same people who were expecting a big change in in the performance um that was a big game for him in terms of confidence because there's a few cobwebs that need to be blown out and he'll get there um it's just it was fantastic, you know, watching him on the sidelines and watching him sing the national anthem and his celebration at the end. Mm-hmm. He got he got lucky because Lalana's saved him from a few painful headlines, um, and that's the same Adam Lalana who can't hit a cow's ass job um, to get his first goal. Um, not a lot changed in style of play. John Stones played well, but it's just it's it's just fantastic and. Uh, I know I'm incredibly biased, but watching a, a Sam Allardyce England team is is brilliant, and I just can't wait to watch the qualifiers. I thought the game was boring as fucking shit. I, I after our time, I went away and came back to see the winner. So I do hope. I think the team was very not disappointing, but a little just a little probably a little disappointing. Really, just a little like oh, I wish we'd seen more change. No, I think it's a case of Allardyce not wanting to rock the boat so early on I think in time we'll see him start making ch- changes and bring his own players into the fold I'm, su- I'm a little bit gutted Vardy and Drinkwater didn't play more especially after his comments on Drinkwater midweek saying he's like the most consistent English material in the Premier League or whatever which he is in the current moment in time I just hope I do hope he kind of puts his own stamp on it and doesn't just let the fears of media trying to bring him down affect him too much because he's never done so in his career so I hope he doesn't start now when he's got the biggest job of all. So I'd great start for him, and I hope we see him, see him putting more of his own stamp on it soon. He looked incredibly calm in the in the press co- in the the interviews afterwards. Mm-hmm. 
And I think your VAR is in your drink waters. You know, we've got teams like Malta in the qualifying, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. There'll be there'll be times where where they get the chances. Yeah. Um, that was more about just getting the result. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the wasn't great. It wasn't a huge change, um, but he, he just needed to get the result, especially in this in in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the time the game comes around, if Danny Drinkwater and um, Jamie Vardy are still you know playing as well as they are. Um, then, then I wouldn't be surprised if they start for him. But he just, you know, he's he's, he's got time. Mm-hmm. I also, my only real concern at the minute is that his comments on Rooney being able to play wherever he wants. Now Rooney is fucking shit, and he shouldn't be anywhere near on team. And the fact that he's pretty much got free reign to do whatever he wants is very concerning. What do you think, Chris? I agree. Um, I'm a bit. I just want to just come back to what you said before about him putting his own stamp on the team and what have you. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know how, how he can, to be honest with you, because he's only got the same players to choose from oh, yeah. that every other England manager. You know, I heard Ian Wright or Dixon, I can't remember who it was, say something like, you know, he's, realistically, he's only got 25 players maybe to choose from, same as Hodgson did. Um, and so it's going to be hard for him to put his stamp on, the, on that same bunch of players. And I think it was evidenced by how... Andy Carroll. There you go. As evidenced <laughs> by the... The way that he um, he, he utilised Rooney at weekend was was a bit disappointing, if I'm going to be honest with you. And, and obviously, he's he's stuck with the weekend play. There's not a great deal of choice out there. And they won the game. So, again, people probably turn around and say, what difference does it make? But I think the way that he's played Rooney has knackered Harry Kane up big style because mm. literally Kane's only point in that whole game was to get fouls and to, bring, and to get free kicks so that we could then put the ball in the box for someone to have a go at. You know, we didn't. Not once did Rooney play high enough up the field to benefit uh, Harry Kane. So Rooney was on the halfway line playing his little chip passes that he likes to play. Um, whereas his main centre forward, and our number nine, was up there on his own against three, uh, two big massive centre halves, stuck and and you know didn't have a, couldn't, couldn't do anything about it. So whilst I understand he's indulging Rooney because he's the captain, he's the top scorer, blah blah blah. Um, I, I just hope that he's got the, the courage that I think he's got and that he, he makes the, the call to either play Rooney and force him to stay up top as a striker, none of this number 10 business, just play him as a striker, or sack him off and play someone else as a striker. He doesn't have to be Vardy. It doesn't have to be Sturridge. It can be, it can be anybody that kind of calibre. I would have brought Sturridge on myself a bit sooner. Um, the fact he brought Walcott on yeah. was a bit baffling. But... You know, he's only got the same bunch of losers that any other England manager would have had to have picked, whether you pick Mourinho, Guardiola or Allardyce. You know, they they can't magic up a new centre-forward out of their arse or they can't magic a new centre-half to replace Gary Cahill out of the backside. So it's going to be tough. Um, I, I hope Vardy does get a chance, an, an horrible little rat boy as he is. Um, but Drinkwater's the main one. I think if you can look at Henderson and think there's not one reason why that guy's even a professional footballer, never mind playing for... England or Liverpool or whoever, he's is an absolute uh, abysmal footballer. Yeah. He was my he's my main concern about it. I'm not bothered about who plays left back, who plays right back, all that jazz. Um, Jordan Henderson, he's, got, he's he's one of the biggest problems there. He 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 brings less than nothing nothing to the party, absolutely nothing, and, and that was disappointing for me. But again, you know, it all comes back down to the fact that they won. And and Lalana, what an absolute weird player he is. He's a weird it, one, I think I kind of like him at times, but then he's just so nothing at the same time. It's so weird. You know, he reminds me of, he reminds me years and years ago when um, United had Veron, and Veron in the Premier League was a waste of space. But Veron, when it came to the Champions League, had a bit more time 
and a bit more um, of the ball at his feet to look, do what he wanted to do. And he looked ten times the player that he was when he played in the Premier League. And I think Lallana has got the same problem that he's he's a sort of player who needs that time and space and doesn't get it in the Premier League all the time. So occasionally he'll look really good and do something brilliant. But at international level, he's got a bit more time, a bit more freedom, a bit more creativity. And that's why he's, he's grown into being one of the most important players on the team sheet. I know, Tom, you've seen him in the flesh, haven't you, fairly recently. What what do you reckon about Lallana? He's, um, he's, he's one of those players that, in terms of his ability, you know what you're going to get. He's, his finishing's abysmal with, his, with either his left foot or his right foot. Um, but he... He does tend to find that 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 extra that extra yard that extra bit when he plays for England, um, and again he's another player that you can tell he's played at a lower level and and, and got there the hard way because um, he, he he works incredibly hard and he'll always do a job. Um, I certainly think that he's in that. Um, Right hand side of the of the three attacking midfielders, that he's the best option. I thought Walcott did okay when he came on, put some good balls in, made a nuisance of himself. Um, he's just he's just so infuriating when when it comes to his finishing because it's it's awful. But his link up play, his link up play is delicious at times. Um, I like I like Lallana, but you know you know what you're getting when it comes to yeah, the final. It's a really weird one. I feel like he's the type of player who should have stayed at Southampton and been the big fish in a small pond rather than go to a massive club and show himself up. This is the problem that players like Adam Lallana and John Stones have. You know, John Stones at Everton, playing well in a bad team, gets the odd call up, he gets 20 minutes in a friendly for his debut, gets his big move to Man City and he's straight in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. It's the same with Adam Lallana, you know, he's in the fringes of the squad, gets his move to Liverpool, a bit like Jordan Henderson as well, and then they start to get minutes on the pitch. So for them, if in terms of their international ambition, when they get the big move, they get more time, don't they? I mean, and that's you know the first reason that people say, you know, that's the reason that Drinkwater's not getting time, is because he plays at Leicester and not Man United. Yeah. Well, do you remember that Chambers when he moved for, moved from Southampton reserves to Arsenal? He was in the England team two weeks later. But, yeah. Where's Rob yeah. Holding? Eh? Uh, well, uh, there's my point made for me. Correct. And we should give props to Big Rob because he's. Been doing really well at Arsenal, starting every game. He's the one, you know. Chambers got shipped out on loan. Holding's still there, doing bits. Yeah. Might not be starting. Yeah. No staff is signed, but well, then Rob, keep it going. Hopefully, the England call up is coming soon. But that, my friends, is the end of the Line of Sweet Line of Vienna Sweet Podcast, episode sixty-two. We hope you've enjoyed it. We, we, we're just going to touch on other stuff, but we'll save that for last next week since we've um, filled this one to the brim. Couple of things, and you know, a bit of housekeeping. We need to give you the football blogging awards have come round again. Uh, we'd really like it if we got onto that old finalist uh, page after the second year in a row. So if you want, mind going over to lionbeansweet.com. All the information is pinned right at the top of that page, right there. And of course, I think it's basically just tweet. I'm voting for Lion of Suite in the FBAs and whatever. You know how it's done. Just go over to the website for the full tweet. Cast a vote. It'd mean a lot to us, even though we'll never probably win it because. We're a small, wee little site compared to those big Liverpool and Aston Villa 28,000 followed sites, but recognition's always nice. Always nice. And elsewhere, we may have a special guest coming on the podcast next week. Can't talk too much about it now because it's not been confirmed, but a little bit of a teaser. Something, someone who might give a nice illuminating look into the club. A very interesting thing to keep an eye on, wouldn't you say, Chris? 
yeah, um, not to not to speculate too much about it, but watch this space. Keep an eye on the web on the, the Twitter at Line of Vienna STE, and that will hopefully be confirmed on either Tuesday or Wednesday. So yeah, keep an eye out, and hopefully you can all everyone can join us for next week, submitting questions to our mystery guest, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, you can follow me on Twitter at Mabroski. You can follow Chris on Twitter at nineteen manning eighty three. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Down the Manny RD, and if there's nothing else to say, lads, then I guess it's time to say goodbye, isn't it? Yeah, it's been emotional, Dan. Yes, the return of the king, wouldn't you say, Chris? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe Tom in such terms myself, but <laughs> he's done all right for what he can do. Yeah, fair enough. So, say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. There's always one dickhead. Right? It's so annoying. <laughs> say goodbye, it's Tom. See you later. It's goodbye from me, Selavi. So